live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland. And T.J. Perry. Austin McKinney, Jess making a big run. It's been for him. Jess is snuck in behind. Jess into the middle. Pulitzer! Scores! Might have paid the price. But the U.S. takes the lead. It's Captain America to the rescue for the United States. And he runs right into the goalkeeper at the end of this, but lays it all on the line for his team and for his country. And gets his moment. All right, good morning, everybody. It is a new day. Wednesday, November 30. Smack dab in the middle of your work week. Very end of the month of November. We are nose to nose with the final month on that calendar you got. Toby Pulisic and uh, TJ Perry back with you. A1 and Turkey Bacon, as everybody knows us. Oh, Teej. Teej, you ever had a pelvic contusion? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh. That's what that's what you got to give for your country sometimes, Teej. You got to suffer a pelvic yeah. contusion. Is that kind of how it happened? I don't know. I, I, I mean, that replay... I've seen it a thousand times, and every time I double over in pain that I watch it. <laughs> oh, man. He's from the hospital. Have you seen the pictures from the hospital bed? I haven't uh, seen the hospital bed stuff. He's in the hospital bed with his fist in the air saying, I'll be there on Saturday, boys. And he's, he's, oh, it's the best. This is some Qatari hospital. That's got to be, uh, it's probably state of the art. I shouldn't say anything. He's going, I'll be there, boys. I don't even know what a pelvic contusion is, but it sounds awful. But he got the gold, Teach. Woo! USA! USA! Please tell me you watched some of that yesterday. No? Yes? Um, you heard the cheer at least go up, maybe? Nope. Nothing. Nothing, nothing in the building. Nothing. No reaction in the building. Uh, didn't hear anything. What's wrong with people? I don't know. I don't Nobody know. Nobody was watching it? Um, I'm not even sure. Not that I'm aware of, no. The, like, the, like yeah, that you could, if you stepped outside your house, you heard the planet <laughs> roar. Basically, I didn't know what happened yeah, until the uh, carpool lane at uh, pickup at school, and they uh, <laughs> had to watch it in class. So they got, or they got to watch it in class. I guess they should, yeah, I should say because they're so, Americans. That's yeah. what they do in class. So yeah. and I said, "Oh, they won." And they're like, "Yes, they won." I'm like, oh, "Okay." Your apathy really angers me. <laughs> I knew they were up one to nothing. I heard Steely say it on my drive to the house. But other than that, uh, no, I did not see a second of it besides, you know, once it was done, I saw some stuff. But, yeah. I woke up this morning and my legs hurt. I was like, why do my legs hurt? And then I was like, oh, yeah, because of the dadgum game yesterday. I was, like, just tense for two and a half hours. And, oh, that second half was forever. It's nine minutes of stoppage time. It lasted a half hour. Oh, God. What a... Whew. And we did it. I'm happy for it. you. I'm happy for your team and your victory. Yeah, my team. That's right. 
You'll be watching today, though. Uh, you'll be cheering against the French today. I'm sure that one sits oh, close to home. That one I will watch if France is yeah, playing. Yeah. I'm going to be rooting against them. Yes, France is playing today, so TJ will be locked into that one. But wow, I mean, what a game! What a moment! A historic moment, and uh, Captain America got him, and then just absolutely said. I am willing to sacrifice all possibility of future children for my country. And he did it. Put it on the line. Gave up the little politics, TJ, just to get a goal for the U.S. <laughs> I mean, oh, my gosh. He hit that guy at 100 miles an hour right in the down belows. And, oh, and just laid there. Like, he didn't even get to celebrate the fact that he scored at all. He was just in complete agony. And, you know, it's, everybody, everybody's faking all the time in soccer. So all of the Iranians and and uh, the, the refs trying to, come on, dude, get up. We're trying to play. Get up. And he's like, I can't. I, I can't I move. Pelvic contusion. I can't move. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what a moment. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday. Uh, we will spend all three hours today talking about the U.S. 1-0 win over Iran and uh, maybe a couple other things. How are you today, Teach? I'm doing all right. I was a little di- yeah. dehydrated when I woke up this morning. I felt so I um, uh, got me some water. I'm uh, I'm back primed now and ready to go. What do you think happened there? I'm not sure. Not sure. What made you think you felt dehydrated? You had a little dry mouth? Or a little what? dry mouth. A little very thirsty. Very thirsty, so yeah. Did you dream about being in a desert or no, running not, a marathon or if anything? If I did, I don't recall that or no. Mm-hmm. Just felt like I was uh, parched. Said I need a lot of water, so I chugged some water before the show, and I'm feeling good now. Feeling good. Well, that's good. That's good. At least you knew what the remedy was that's for right. dehydration. Water, water, water. And went right. To it, you got it done. Well, uh, how about your Tuesday? Anything there to tell us about other than uh, your apathy for the United States of America? Um, saw one Teddy Lehman last night in Newcastle. That's always a pleasant visit for a few minutes. All right. Uh, put up the Christmas tree. I didn't put. Oh well, I put together the Christmas tree and then watched uh, Katie and Bronx as they put together the Christmas tree. Then they were done. Well, you with just it. said you put together the Christmas tree. Well. Yes, we have a fake tree. So, yeah, I put the tree together, and then they and then decorated you said they the tree. Put it. Oh, they they decorated, they decorated okay. it, is I what I mean. They, right. Yeah, they All put right. the ornaments up, is what I should have said, yeah. Okay. Uh, partial Christmas decorations in the house are out. I think there's still a little bit to go that they've got to work on. Yeah. So uh, that was going on in our house last night, decorating of Christmas Christmas tree. music playing while you're doing that? Maybe some Christmas cookies in the air? No. Smell of Christmas cookies? No, no, no Christmas cookies, no Christmas oh, music, man. no. No, just decorating. Just completely dry, let's throw a tree up and um, not now, watch America. while they were decorating the tree, I left and went to Newcastle. So perhaps they did, and I wasn't aware of it. But by the time I got back, the tree was done, and there was no music. So I don't, I don't believe so, no. Okay. You, uh, I know you went to the big Christmas tree farm yeah. yesterday. Did you have Christmas music as you put the tree yeah. up? We had Christmas music as we cut down the tree. So, um... <laughs> We all met at the Wells Christmas Tree Farm, as is our tradition. Love uh, Jesse and his wife out there. You're, you're aware, TJ. Yes. 
uh, even though you don't support them. A lot of people do. I do support them. I've been to different events out there, so I support them oh, in a different way besides buying a tree. No, you go, I can't you go say with that the I fake, did that. You go with the I do fake go with tree. the fake tree, yes. I got you. And um, so we met out there at 5.15 last night, like I said we would. And uh, we like to cut down our tree. It's part of a – now, you couldn't always do that because this is a kind of a fairly new Christmas farm. It's six years old now. And until this year, you had to get there like on opening day to be able to cut one down. Otherwise, they just had a bunch of, bunch of trees, which is awesome. But now the farm is big and it's been growing for a while. And so they still had plenty of trees to cut down when we got there. And that's our favorite. So we get the little sled thing, you know, TJ. Um, and uh, Trevor likes to uh, be the one to get down on the on the ground and cut the tree. And mm-hmm. I play on my phone, Oh Christmas Tree, while he's doing it. <laughs> and uh, all of us met out there with their significant others last night. And it was uh, a moment. And then we – so we got the tree. We got, uh, like, some, some garland and stuff. Uh, we, we It was freezing, by the way. The cold front came through right before we got there. But got to see Jesse, got some hot chocolate. Love that place, man. If anybody's ever looking for, uh, you're looking for a cool place. It's not just like a Christmas tree lot, you know. It's like a oh no, they have like all kinds of events out there. Yeah, they do do events out there. Stage. They have trucks out there, food trucks a lot of the time. Show uh, Christmas movies a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of photo ops out there for your family, and uh, a little a little store. A little they sell unhitch the wagon out there, TJ. They got the stage where they got people that sing. They got games you can play. They got a big old uh, place you can sit around a bonfire out there. It's super cool. Um, but we were in a little bit of a hurry because Chloe had volleyball practice last night. So we got our tree, and we got some hot chocolate. We played Oh Christmas Tree. We got it wrapped up, put it on the uh, – uh, my man out there helped put it on the roof of the car. Went to Torchy's Tacos last night, okay? We, we all met up at uh, Torchy's. And uh, got a couple of tacos. And then I took Chloe to volleyball practice while Jenny and uh, the boys came home and uh, put the tree up. Just like up, not like decorated. Right. And then when we got home last night, uh, Christmas music and decorations. So I don't know what's wrong with your spirit, but that's how we do it at the Roland House. We uh, we were were blasting, uh, you know, all the faves, Mariah Carey and all the faves. Uh, we'll play we some Christmas music um, throughout the season, but we're not big Christmas music, a big Christmas music family. No, I get it. It's uh, it's consistent for you guys. You we go to the, the light shows. Thanksgiving. You don't play Christmas music. <laughs> we play you Christmas don't music for the U.S. But it's just in, not uh, a lot. Events. Yeah, it's just not a lot. So, have you thought about moving to another country? Have you guys ever talked? No, about No, no. I think we no. do it better than you, but you can have your way too, and I don't insult your way, but whatever. What do you do better than us? You don't do anything. Well, my tree probably looks better than yours. My no, decorations do- outside look better than yours. I do it better than you. Oh, I need to talk to you about that. So there's no doubt your decorations look better than mine outside. You yeah, said so why don't yesterday. You, you said yesterday you hire your lights to be put up on the roof. Yeah, the the ones on the house. Yes. So I've been intrigued by this. I've never pulled the trigger, but there's a there's a sign at the front of our neighborhood. You know, about this, we install Christmas lights kind of a thing. So I'm leaving last night, and I see the sign, and I was like, I'm going to call and check this out. Because I put lights up on the house every year. But, you know, it's it's 
fine. It looks good, but it's not like it looks like I did it. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like a professional did it. Like you can see that house is like, man, that guy's that guy hired somebody or <laughs> that's Tom on a ladder. Right. You know? So it looks like Toby got on a ladder and did it, but it looks fine, you know, whatever. But it's a, it's a little bit of work. And so I was like, I'll call and see how much this will cost. Maybe I can get somebody to do it better. And I don't have to get up on a ladder and spend half a day hanging lights. It's interesting. So I call, and uh, the guy asks for my address, and he says, okay, well, what do you want? And I told him, you know, I want to line the front of the house and do the roof line. Is that kind of what you do? Like trim well, yeah, the front we don't trim even, of the uh, house? We don't even do the roof line. So, yeah, we just do the front of the house just straight across, yeah. Just kind of the trim of, like, mm-hmm. the up and down across the front of the house? Correct, yes. Okay, well, I threw in the roof line, too, so. And uh, and he quoted me a price, and I was I about fell out of my. I was like, "Well, guess what? Dad's <laughs> gonna be hanging the lights again this year." Yeah, uh, you got to get yourself Holy a Christmas cow, light guy. Don't man. call those signs. The, the 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 ones with the signs around. You're town, telling me you pay less than that? I I my price went up this year. I'll tell you what I pay. Okay. I've only done this. I think Katie started making me pay for it because I almost fell off the roof a couple of years ago. I think it's been. This is my third year to use him. Third or fourth. Anyway, uh, it had been a hundred bucks, and now it was one hundred and twenty this year. So, oh, well worth it. Would well, you supply the lights? Yes, the okay. lights and the That's clips. Part of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got lights, but I was like, I got lights, but you probably got better lights. I don't know. And so it was. It included the lights. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Nineteen hundred. Oh gosh, I thought you were going to say three or four hundred. How much? One. $1,900. Hold on. Let me stand up. I just fell out of my chair. I got I t- officially, I, got I texted him back, let me think now. about it. But it took me zero time to think about. <laughs> no. I'm not spending $1,900. That's when you say, get out of here and hang up. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I thought maybe that was the going rate and all you guys uh, are for- just richer than for me. For some of those companies, it is. That's why I'm saying I, I had called some in the past, and that, it was like four, five, six hundred dollars $600, but I was supplying my light, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, TJ is rolling in dough, No, man. no. Nowhere near that price range, no. I just, uh, this was a, a through a friend. He's like, I got a guy I know he just comes around and hangs lights, and I said, all right, yeah. give me his number, and I've used him since. So that's a good deal. You're getting a good deal on that. 120 bucks. You better be tipping that guy. You tip your light hanger. Um, I wasn't even home when he you came. Tip? When we were in Mexico, I just I didn't even know he would mailbox? come until uh, we got uh, a ring notification. Saw him out there hanging the light. So anyway, yeah, uh, Trevor Good asked me last gracious. night when are, when are we getting out there and hanging the lights on the house, and I said when it's not 37 degrees. They tell Trevor to start a light hanging business. That's what he needs to do, it sounds like. No joke. No joke. Could be a cold day again today. High of 46 in the state of Oklahoma. So bundle the kids up when you march them out to the bus stop this morning. We need an opening timeout. Uh, 619 on a Wednesday morning. We are underway. T-Row in the morning show on a working man Wednesday here on the ref. The T-Row in the morning show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108.
T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour brought to you by our friends at McIntyre Law. Serving clients in Oklahoma, nationwide, Canada. He does it all. No fees until they win for you. Oklahoma's personal injury attorneys. Over $250 million won for their clients. 405-917-5200. Or you can visit them online at McIntyreLaw.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, I want you to enjoy your soccer victory yesterday. I don't want people beating you down. And some of these texts are already trying to beat you down. So I'm going to save you from some of them. But this person is one that did give it a shot. Said, I watched soccer for the first time in a long time when the overhyped U.S.-England match happened last Friday. I'm dumbfounded that the biggest soccer event every four years can allow a match to end in a draw. Then the U.S. wins by one. In my book, that's escaping a loss. And Fox Sports has the you-know-what to send out an article about how the U.S. has found its identity. How? By scoring one goal? I could be a sports writer if it's that easy. Yeah, that's just stupidity. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it is. I, I, again, this is what we were talking about yesterday. For some reason, it really bugs people that people like soccer. And I don't know why. Just don't watch it. Go watch your football. Go watch your basketball, your hockey, whatever it is you're into. Let us enjoy it. If you don't understand that the greatest teams in the world could play, Man City could play Liverpool, and it'll end 1-0, and it's a great game, then you just don't get it. So move on. It, It has nothing like it's just like a pitching duel in baseball. Scoring is hard to do. And when you've got great teams, sometimes it's great defense. In fact, a lot of times in soccer, if you see a really high-scoring game, like there was a 3-3 a couple of days ago game between kind of two of the teams that aren't considered that great in this tournament. A lot of times when you see a high-scoring game, it's between teams that aren't as good. You rarely see the really good teams play high-scoring games. Now, you might see somebody blow out another you know, if you've got a lopsided matchup. But the the fact of the matter is advancing where we are in American soccer is we have never been among the elite in the world. We, we aren't. The, the European teams, Italy, France, uh, the, the South American teams, Brazil, Argentina, England, obviously, they have always dominated world soccer, Germany, and still do. And the U.S. has been the equivalent of a, oh, TJ, let's see. Let's apply this to college football. The The U.S. has been, well, how about like a Gonzaga in college basketball, okay? They've been uh, not among the big boys. They're not an elite. They're not, if, you're, if you apply it to college football, the U.S. is not Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, They're not one of those. They never have been. They still aren't. So getting to the World Cup is not a given for the U.S. you got to make it out of CONCACAF qualifying, which they didn't do four years ago. And you may say, well, that's stupid. Everybody should get there. Italy didn't make it this year. And they are the number five ranked team, I think, in the world. So getting there is hard. Then advancing to the knockout stage, which is what happened yesterday, which means they've made it to the Sweet 16, is, and always always has been for the U.S., a considerable accomplishment for them. Now, the U.S. this year has 
the youngest, most talented team they've ever had. The U.S., for the first time ever, now has players that are playing in these highest-rated European leagues, the Premier League, the Bundesliga, La Liga, all these high European leagues. We've never say? had we've never had U.S. players in there. They've never been good enough to be in those leagues before, not many of them. And now we have multiple U.S. players that are good enough to be in those highest leagues, not just the MLS. And they're playing for us, and so this is a young, talented U.S. team probably they've gone as far as they're going to go. Probably they're not going to beat the Netherlands in the knockout stage. They're certainly an underdog. They could. But the one in four years in the United States when all these babies are four years older, I would say there's a pretty good chance that they they will have a better chance of advancing deeper to the quarterfinals or semifinals or maybe even making a potential run in this thing. But if you just watch it, and you got to have a bunch of goals to enjoy it, you're not going to enjoy it. You don't get the sport, and that's fine. I don't get the enjoyment of NASCAR or hockey. I, I Actually, I do get hockey. I'm just not that into it. But um, fine, move on. But, like, I'm sure the text line is full of people you said, make it fun. I, I, like, what's the point? Like, people are gathered all over the country yesterday enjoying this. Offices are meeting. You see the people in all these places around the country that meet in Kansas City or Miami or New York City or whatever, and they watch, and I'm in my living room, and I watch, and I love it. The world stops so we can watch this biggest sporting event in the world take place. It is the far and away biggest sporting event in the world, and we enjoy it. So, like, why do you have to Get off his back, people. No, I'm just saying, what? like, what is it? Do you feel emasculated by it? Do you feel... Are you threatened by it in some way? Like, why do people have to come after people who enjoy soccer? What's the deal with that? Okay, well, there's not enough goals that um, are scored. Oh, like, like, like that's said, the we, most immature argument ever is if you don't understand that you're you're sitting here wanting better defense, right, for the OU football team. You want better dominant defense. Why can't you enjoy great defense? That's what's happening in a one nil game: great goaltending and great defense. It's hard to score, man. And that's what made the moment when Pulisic broke through, gave up his future children for his country, (laughs) such a great moment is that it's really hard to score. You know how many goals the U.S. gave up in their three qualifying games? One. They gave up one goal. They scored two. That's it. That's how hard it is to score in the World Cup. That's why that moment is such an amazing moment because it's hard to do. NASCAR fans feel the same way as you too. They mentioned that they like they like NASCAR and people go after them. So that's a similar situation Why? there. Um, well, people just like to complain and gripe. Like that—that's the reason why you—you've gone on Twitter. Doesn't matter what it's about. So if you don't like soccer, then you just attack the people that like it. And same with NASCAR or but whatever, maybe like, politics, here and- Republican, Democrat, whatever it is. Uh, you attack the other side. I mean, it was. Uh, you're a fool. Why arguing. you think this? <laughs> I guess. Whatever. <laughs> and we have this one from our friend Dwayne and Norman. Is it asking too much to see if Bob is available to help us with this year's bowl game? Maybe we'll start a new tradition. Anytime the football program is on live support, we call Bob. Yeah, that would probably be inappropriate. 
Uh, the most pa- amazing part of the Roland Tree adventure story was that Chloe went through the volleyball practice having just consumed a bunch of tacos. Respect. <laughs> now, she's a, she's a pro. Uh, she ordered two Torchy's tacos, consumed one for fuel before, and then one after practice on the way home. She's, she's a vet. <laughs> she knew how much she could eat. That is a gamble, practice. though. Go, go tacos before the old mm. volleyball practice. Yeah. You got to hope that you're not doing a bunch of gassers <laughs> that night. Literally. Uh, you got some uh, people joining you here. No stupidity. It's just ignorance. Soccer 1-0 is a million times better than baseball at 1-0. Unnecessary. Like, like they're both very enjoyable. A one nothing pitcher's duel with Cade Horton on the mound, TJ, are you kidding me? A one nothing. Imagine the College World Series drama, Teach. If it's zero zero in the eighth inning, you got two pitchers that are just mowing it down. Bottom of the eighth, somebody hits a home run, and that's it. Or walk off in the ninth, whatever the case may be. Remember the Garrett Carey one nothing win in Bedlam and Bricktown many years ago, Teach. It was uh, Andrew Heaney oh, against yes. uh, uh, Overton. Um, Dylan, right? Yes, Dylan Overton. Dylan Overton, Andrew Heaney. An hour and 57-minute game, opening game of the Big 12 tournament in Bricktown. 0-0, bottom nine, Garrett Carey. Only home run he hit all year. Walk-off home run to beat the Cowboys. Was that boring? Not at all to me. It was unbelievable is what it was to see two pitchers, elite pitchers, just duking it out, and then somebody hits a walk-off. So. Uh, cranky old 60-year-old Scrooge and Norman says uh, he about fell off his house a couple of years ago, paid 670 with light supplies for the Eve Only No Roof line, 300 next year. Inflation? So. I don't know, man. I was quoted $1,900. Man, I want, I wanted to... I, Maybe it's a cowboy fan just trying to stick it to him. I don't know. <laughs> that, or I want to see this light display. <laughs> no, maybe, a, maybe I got a You would have been the house situation. to be at, you know. Everybody's like driving up to Toby's house. We'll never know because I could not. I'm not. No way. Ain't no way I'm paying that. All right. Break time. Uh, when we come back, Porter Moser joined us on the show yesterday on the heels of his team's victory down in Orlando. They won their Thanksgiving tournament down there. We'll hear from the head coach next. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. A lot of people go to Disney World and uh, bring home some mouse ears, TJ. Porter Moser brought home a trophy, the ESPN Events Invitational. They defeat Ole Miss on Sunday afternoon, getting set to go to Philadelphia now this weekend. We welcome in now the head coach. Coach, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Toby. I'm great. I'm great. How are you? We're doing good. Congratulations on uh, the way your team played down there in Orlando. What do you What do you feel like you found out about your team this weekend, Coach? You know, I, I can't give the players enough credit for being resilient. Um, you work all summer. You get hyped for the opening of the season. It's such a, a, a big thing on the opener, and we get punched in the gut. And they literally have responded with, like, our whole group in our locker room was like, all right, let's learn. Let's not have that loss go in vain. 
let's get better. And they've just been resilient. And we've been getting better and better. We've been staying together. Um, we've been intentional on, like, trying to improve the little things and taking care of the ball. Um, and that's what I love about this team. And, and, I, and I'll say this, you know, they, they really have a hunger that there's a huge room for improvement. And that's a good sign, too. They showed some toughness. I mean, every game, especially the Seton Hall and Ole Miss games, those guys put some runs on you, got really physical with you. Um, for your guys to answer, I would imagine that that had to make you proud. Absolutely. All three games. Even Nebraska, it got dicey because they went to this this funky zone they haven't showed. It was like a, a, a tandem into a man sometimes, a tandem into a zone, and just had to figure that out. And then we ended up figuring it out and scored seven of the eight last possessions. Um, and then the same thing, like you just said, with Seton Hall um, and Ole Miss, just – it was like a Big 12 opponent, just so physical, big, worm protectors, um, and we fought through that. And, and the other thing is, you and I have talked about it. I've talked about a lot of different things. And on the last four minutes of the game, you know, you got to get stops. And, you know, the South Alabama, they didn't score the last four minutes. Um, Old Miss game, they didn't score the last four minutes. And you really got to tighten your defense up when the game's on the line like that. And, uh, and that's what I, I felt, you know, our guys really did. Um, selfish is the wrong word, so maybe you can help me come up with the, the right terminology here. But Grant Sherfield was fantastic for you early in the season. He was your leading scorer. But it felt like he, to me anyway, it felt like at times maybe he was a little too unselfish. And when you were in Orlando, he wasn't as afraid to go score and be the man, you know, in the big moments. Uh, do you agree with that? And then, you know, just uh, that felt like, oh, okay, this is what Grant Sherfield can do. You know what? It's, it's more of he's been taking what they give him. There's been a couple defenses that have just – the whole entire game plan is to stop him. And he was uh, – you know, and then he was passing it. So he had eight assists two games in a row. In the Seton Hall game, you know, they were really fanning out, and he could get to the paint when he wanted, and he just – then he scored 25. Um, Old Miss, he came out cooking, and then they were just – they wouldn't let him breathe. And we, then we, we, we went to a second ball, second and third ball handlers. I played the lineup of Los, Bijan, and Grant because they were almost face-guarding Grant and not letting them catch it. So we put him in the corner, and then we did, kept on doing that screen and roll, and they didn't have anybody to tag the roll. And, like, Sam and Grant got three layups. Then they were going on the big, and then Bijan got to the rim like two or three times. And so even though Grant wasn't involved in that, he was a huge factor because they couldn't have any help. They were just almost face-guarding him. So we put him in the opposite wing to where they couldn't tag and help. So he's, been, he's, doing, what, he's doing what it needs to be done, which is yeah. really a good sign. How about Bijan on Sunday, Coach? Man, is, he, he's really good uh, changing paces. And, uh, you know, he was going downhill with a pace, waiting, that, waiting for Sam to roll past him. And he was, he was making the big play him. And kept on going downhill, downhill. And then when the big committed, he teardropped it over his head for a couple layups. And then he kept on going downhill, and the big started going to the other big. And then he laid it up off the glass. He really made some smart change of pace. You know, they always say, like, there was 20 NBA scouts at every one of our games. And just talking to guys at that level, they always think college guys are too sped up. They go too fast. They can't see what's there. Yeah. And Bijan played with a nice change of pace on those ball screens. When he had it, then he accelerated like a, like a tailback through a hole to the rim, and then he had a pace to wait to see the hole. I thought he really did well. And, and Milo's the same way. 
Milo Suzon had five assists, no turnovers in the Seton Hall game as a true freshman. And I've been saying all along, man, when you get ball handlers that can pass, those three can pass. I just think Bijan and Lowe's defense and Grant, from the beginning, they all knew that was an area those three had to improve on. And they're making strides. Yeah, you got three really good ball handlers. Uh, Bijan's ability to finish around the rim with either hand is is a lot of fun. I feel like he just takes everybody by surprise when he gets out there on the court. And then Los, I think every assist is left-handed for him. He makes some of the most unbelievable left-handed passes cross-court. It's a lot of fun. The one guy that I feel like kind of hasn't figured out where he fits in yet is Joe Bamiso. Yeah, and to his credit, he's staying positive. And oh, I, I met with him like twice in Orlando in the hotel just to pour into him and be like, man, Joe, I know it's killing you, but I, one, thank you for not letting that bot affect the team. He hasn't let the fact that he hasn't got the minutes he wants affect the team. He's still positive in the locker room, and I, I, so I thanked him for that. The second thing I told him is keep going, man. Good things happen, just keep plugging away. You know, keep your mind right and your game's right, and that's anything in life. Um, it's how you think, it's how you feel. And uh, so I, I still have, I still feel like he's going to, uh, he's a guy that has the ability, the size, athleticism, the length to really help us in the Big 12 when we start getting to all these top 15 teams and uh, just figuring out the defenses and the offenses. But, I mean, A-plus human being, and he's handling it as an A-plus, like coming to work every day, trying to keep his mind right. And he, it's gonna that that's gonna pay off more times than not, and uh, so I'm really really pulling for him to 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 seize his opportunity. It's only Tuesday, and you don't play them till Saturday. But do you have any early thoughts on Villanova? Yes, Blue Blood. I mean, they got guys that started in the Final Four last year, um, and uh, they, they lost a couple tough ones in that PK Classic. And uh, they, they just lost a couple of tough ones. But they, they've got championship blood in them. Um, got to play at their turf. Uh, and it's going to be a great game for us. Um, they got some veteran guys that have started in the Final Four. Um, and just, it's just for us is to put, put that one in the bank and get back to work this week. We took yesterday off um, and get back to work and preparing for, for Villanova. Are you a cheesesteak guy? Am I a cheesesteak guy? No. No. You don't like Philly cheesesteaks? I mean, I mean, of course you like them. I mean, like, if I'm going to have a choice between a, a Philly cheesesteak and a Portillo's Italian beef combo from Chicago dipped at Portillo's, I'm going yeah, for the go. Italian beef is, combo with the sausage in it. Well, we're not going to be in Chicago, Coach. We're going to be in Philadelphia. Ship, see, I don't have any steak in Portillo's. I have zero. But you can get that stuff shipped in. You can get that shit. Right. Maybe that's what I'll get you for Christmas, Toby. I'll get I like you, that I'll get idea you a lot. Pillows we, flown in, beef combos. TJ, we have reached the point in our relationship where the coach is sending <laughs> you food you for food. Christmas. He knows we you. Find, yeah. Yes, you exactly, he knows me. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. I accept your gift, Coach. I accept. Uh, congratulations. Right. That was a lot of fun to watch your team down there. I think Sooner fans are really excited about things. and I uh, can't wait to see you play up in Philly. Thanks, Coach. Well, Get everyone to come to LNC next week, too, for UMKC. We've got to fill that place, guys. We've got to get these guys a home court advantage. So I appreciate it. Boomer Sooner. See you, Coach. That was Porter Moser on the show with us yesterday. The Sooners uh, in, Villan- uh, in Philadelphia to take on Villanova Saturday morning. That'll be an 1130 Central Time tip-off on CBS, TJ. They get the fancy cameras on uh, Saturday. Yeah.
uh, pregame coverage at 11 a.m. Then back home, as you heard the coach mention, next Tuesday night against UMKC in the Lloyd Noble Center. Quick break, 648 on a Wednesday morning. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. It is the T-Row in the Morning Show statewide on The Ref. This hour is brought to you by McIntyre Law, your personal injury attorneys, 405-917-5200 or McIntyreLaw.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Toby's more fired up about folks hating on soccer than the folks hating on OU. Jeez. Eric from Illinois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's allowed well, to get fired up about soccer. He's got to control himself a little I've bit with been OU. Listening to it for three months with OU. I've grown <laughs> a little numb to it. <laughs> three months. Well, I guess there was excitement between what, December and It ticks me off the day after a giant game like yesterday and everybody's celebrating and I come on my own show and people are complaining. I don't want to watch that. Why does everybody get so excited about it? I never got on you once, did I? No, No. but but your apathy is irritating. Like, it's just, I, I can't, I get it. We're all different. I like one type of food, somebody likes something else. It's just hard for my brain to fathom that that event's taking place yesterday and everybody who f- possibly can doesn't stop to watch it. It's I just can't compute that in my head. But it just doesn't matter. Like, some people just don't care. And, I mean, you got work and all this kind of stuff. I get it. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. For, but for the people who are capable, who could sit down and watch it and just say, eh, not interested, I just can't fathom that. I can't compute it. Uh, it's so much fun. I'm with Toby. These plebes can't understand a sophisticated game like soccer. Nobody said it's sophisticated. It's simple. Uh, it's just hard to score. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> the way he ends it. I grew up playing soccer my entire life. I love OU football. I played soccer. You can have both and be educated on both. It's not one or the other. NASCAR Thanks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> on now you just ruined it all at the very end oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> why do people hate eco resorts can someone explain that to me from ou architect uh no i won't explain it OU architect i'll uh, send you a link to the website book a couple of rooms there a room there stay a couple of nights and uh, get back to me okay see for yourself yeah see for yourself um which is more difficult, scoring a World Cup goal or getting called for a hold against OU in football? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely hold. Definitely. Again, proven. Yeah. Uh, good morning, fellas. I have a question. Are some of the Oklahoma fans that like to complain the worst fans out there, or are they on par with fans like Alabama and Georgia when things don't go their way and get really hateful and call for people's jobs? Well, there's those people in every program. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, if things aren't going well and you're having an off season, which Alabama is this year, uh, you start calling for people's uh, firing of people, uh, coaches and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I got I mean, it's part of being a big time program is mm-hmm. when things don't go well. Um, you you're going to hear about it. You're going to you got to hear about it. And you got to it's not going to be pretty. 
And uh, no, I, I I don't think people who are upset with OU going six and six are bad fans at all. They they have and should have expectations at the University of Oklahoma to contend and win conference championships and contend and win national championships. That's that's the standard. If if best is the standard, that's the standard at the University of Oklahoma. We win championships. Go look in the trophy room. Go look at the Heisman statues outside and go look in the trophy room. So when that doesn't happen, people are going to complain. Now, do some people take it too far and are irrational? At every school, yes. But, I mean, you should not be happy with going 6-6. Six and six. Nobody should be around here. Last one here before we hit the top of the hour. Let me uh, start my music here, though. Uh, Sooner Ob here. Driving over from Arkansas to make a sales call and listen to your show every day. I love all sports, especially college football, but I really love soccer. I remember watching it as a kid on OETA in the 70s, and they would show the German matches on Sunday. Exciting news, and I hope it happens. Uh, The word is Messi may be coming to uh, enter Miami and playing for David Beckham's team. This yeah. would be the equivalent of Pele coming in the uh, to the Cosmos in the early '80s. Go USA yeah. and Boomer sooner. Yeah, they're offering him like three hundred million to come play for Inter Miami. We'll see if he takes it or not. Seven o'clock. We'll be back.